really bad news, really bad Let's... news happened this Friday. Um, I made it. I made a cherry yeah. pie with uh, store-bought crust, and oh, it was no. just not really. It was just you not heal. really a great store-bought crust. I was on Friday, Friday evening, right around 7 p.m. You shit heel. Yeah. You fuck. It's so easy to make flaky well, pie crust you know, just, as well. It's like three ingredients. It was just a terrible feeling on Friday evening when to just get this news I was be using a store-bought pie crust. And it's just really, it's all I've been thinking about this weekend. Yeah, just thinking just about that pie bad, crust. weird smelling kind of store-bought. Yeah, you know, it was distilled in plastic. It's got that sort of freezer burny yeah. taste. Mm-hmm. The pie yeah. was pretty good. Uh, it was yeah. a cherry pie. Yeah. Um, I uh, kind of put a little too much cornstarch in it, so it was a little thick. Yeah, a little, a little thick. thick. Like, how thick was it? It's completely congealed now. It's not runny at all, which okay. is, I guess, good. It's kind of uh, very much like a diner cherry pie that I made. Okay. It's like a cherry aspic you've got yeah, going it on. It would there. have. Uh, I, I did not have any. Got a cherry. I did not have gelatin. any uh, almond extract to supplement it with a little extra flavor, or uh, perhaps orange mm-hmm. zest would have been nice too. None of that. Just just cherry, sugar, cornstarch, and a store bought pie crust. <laughs> there you go. An mm-hmm. agar. Yeah. Put a lot of agar in it. Put a lot of Ruth Bader Ginsburg skin shavings. Oh my God. No, what? Can't do voodoo. What? Can't do voodoo with Ruth. We can't what? procure Ruth and do, do voodoo with her. Ruth do? What did Ruth do? <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> what? A whole lot. What? What the fuck did she lot. do? Is she very? Con- How consequential is Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Out of ten. Yes, out of 10. If you were rating Ruth Bader Ginsburg's importance to history out of 10, mm, I mean... That's a hard one. I, I, that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. I think I'll just have to sort of take a seat somewhere else and just let someone who has more right to speak than me give out a number. Okay. Yes. Me. <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> Fuck that hoe! No, uh, she's dead. Don't make light of the dead. It's sad, but it was funny when Scalia was dead, I guess. But then it led to a whole bunch of problems. Yeah, they should not uh, uh, let them die. I don't. It was, I'm surprised they let her die. You know, I would have imagined mm-hmm. they would have not let her die ever. If Adrenochrome actually existed, they would have been pumping it into this lady. 24 hours a day. They would have been frightening children all over the well, does place. Does adrenochrome... We can't frighten a, enough kids does for adrenochrome. Does adrenochrome, like, keep you immortal, or I thought it just got you really high? I think it's both. It has, like... It's like the spice, you know? It's got, like... You can only do things on adrenochrome, you, sp- you know? Gives It gives you spice more longevity. From Dune. The spice from Dune. The melange. Dune is on the mind because ah, of the yes. trailer. I... I couldn't yeah. even watch the whole trailer. I turned it off halfway through the trailer. I couldn't couldn't keep my attention. You, you were pissed off at the... Okay, let's count the ways that you were pissed off at the Dune trailer. Uh, okay. Let's... Uh, number one criticism, bad color oh, yeah. palette. People are griping color that it's a shitty... It's a... It, yeah. It's Denis Villeneuve's classic. Everything is yeah. gray. 
Everything is our one color. Actually, no, I like Denis Villeneuve's depressing color palettes in Enemy and Blade Runner 2049, where they're just yellow. Yeah. Everything is... And Cold it was all uh, yellow. Yeah. I got the blue light lenses on these new frames, on these new glasses, and I just have Coldplay in my head all the time because everything's yellow now. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I hate my new God. glasses. It's, uh, new glasses torture. are torture. I really... Always. Without irony, I still hate Coldplay to this very day. You know how like how everyone hated Nickelback because it was like the mm-hmm. thing to yeah. hate Nickelback? I feel like Coldplay also fell into this category to some degree because it's like, ah, that shit's for pussies, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, still to this day, I believe that it's bad music. That it's like bad for you. It makes your brain weaker when you listen to and it. And we need strong brains for what will come. We need strong, powerful yeah. brains. That do not listen to cold. We have to reform the republic, and we need strong brains for this. <laughs> we need mighty, strong, muscular brains to flex, like the abdominal muscles the of so many what if polo we players. The courts with what? Cheese. <laughs> Let's pack the courts with a bunch of uh, flaming bags of dog shit, and then all the all the jurists are. Stomping them out, and they're like, "Oh no, my jurist shoes are covered in feces." Why does the Supreme Court have, have a jury? They should have a jury where they pick twelve Ameri- twelve random Americans every for every Supreme Court. It should just be <laughs> the, just Supreme the Supreme jury. jury. Yeah, yeah. I think I that I mean that the whole Ruth Bader Ginsburg thing has brought uh, has really brought revelation to the fact that lifetime appointments are very morbid when you have like a strong political agenda when you have power that's very much concentrated in you and uh, the will of a political agenda on your back because you're like the only effectual branch of government for getting stuff through for that political agenda. I'm getting annoyed at the proposed changes to the Supreme Court because it's it's just like, okay, we're going to give up on fixing the real problem, which is Congress. So let's fuck with the branches that like the branch that can't defend itself. Or and also the branch that legalized abortion in the fucking seventies, Congress sure as hell wasn't gonna do that. So. Congress is the problem, and yeah, to some degree, the judiciary, although you know widely terrible, might be the most functional mm-hmm. branch of the American governmental system, which is terrifying yeah. to think about. Well, you know, it's fun. I like that. Um, what's his face? Brunig uh, brought up Marbury versus Madison. That's always fun to see people initially be like yeah let's let's turn over marbury versus madison and then they start to realize what kind of consequences that would have on everything uh, yeah sort of foundational shit it's you know that one piece of code that if you fuck it you know uh mario yeah, well starts i mean it's like it's like regressing we're gonna just regress back our way back into the Commonwealth eventually. You're like, oh, the founders were wrong. Marbury versus Madison was wrong. Dark Enlightenment. Dark. Everyone wants to go there. Everyone wants to go back to the medieval times. Medieval times, dinner and theater. That's what we want. <laughs> the one, the one restaurant that uh, has not conquered COVID because it conquered us all. I think that would be I okay so imagine that you just lived in cities but every city was a job right you had your city of electricians uh and you all lived in castles your city was just giant buildings you know and that's what the future is going to be uh, all the, the guilds is Mario 
the the the, yeah, the, 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 the city of plumbers and it's just it's just pipes. city of plumbers yeah <laughs> yeah that'd be sick city of mushroom farmers city yeah. of um uh, underwater city oh, always going to be mm-hmm. one at least one underwater city yeah, I, yeah, that's what we should do. Is we should instead of um, having countries, we should just have yeah. levels. We should just have different <laughs> regions that you can go to, and those are your levels. Yes. Mario's been on the mind because I, I I bought the Nintendo Switch, all Super Mario All Stars, 3D edition. Been playing me some Galaxy. Wait, which is a frustrating game. Super in Mario some ways. Galaxy is on the Switch now. It's on the Switch now, along with Super Mario Sunshine and Super Mario 64, doing some advertising for that, Nintendo. When did they that don't happen? pay us. I'm just a fucking unrepentant Mario dick-sucking fanboy. Mario's on the they put, What about Galaxy 2? No, they haven't done that yet, but presumably they're either going to release that independently or release it in another package no. of, like, All-Stars. This is 3D All-Stars 1, no. presumably. They still have a bunch of... 3D Mario games that they well, can rattle I wanted rattle to play off. Galaxy. Uh, maybe I'm gonna get that. You you successfully advertised it to me, bro. There you go. I mean, Mario advertises. Mario's like fucking crack. It's a fucking. They the mechanics of Mario. What make it addictive is that the jumping mechanics and the fact that those afford you a lot of freedom within the environments that they design and the ability to go about a platforming problem in several different ways. They solved the idea of what makes a 3D platformer fun in the very first fucking one. When they were like, no one had any fucking idea how, like, a 3D game could work in progress. They just invented that shit out of, like, whole fucking cloth in, like, a two-year development span. Which I think is fucking incredible. Fucking wizards down in Nintendo, you know? Fucking those guys. And Mario's movement from 1996 to 2007, from that progression over um it just remained unchanged and still to super mario odyssey to this day he still moves very much as he did in super mario 64 showing that fucking they just got it right for 20 years for 20 years they didn't have to change it up you know what was interesting is that one of the islands of japan is now called nintendo island and they all move like that on it now everyone moves (laughs) And that's how they trained the people to go clean up Fukushima nuclear disaster. They needed a band of Mario moving like people. So, and that's the only way they were able to clean it up was jumping and bopping and ducking and throwing your hat and collecting the stars. And the various mutated creatures, the Goombas. So what's the, so in this Super Mario uh, 3D All-Stars, it's Super Mario Galaxy. It's Super Mario 64. What's the other one? Uh, Super Mario Sunshine, oh. the the red-headed stepchild of the Mario 3D platformers, but also the one that I love the you most. You love it the most. And the one wow. that I played. You love, I love it, it more than your own family and your own flesh and blood. I love it more than my own family. If there was a, if there was a copy of Super Mario Sunshine and my dad and uh, a hostage guy was like, I got one or the other. I'd be like the clearly the disposable video game copy. Please yeah, murder I'll my father. I'll take one video game, please. Thank you. <laughs> one video game for dad, please. <laughs> but in my head, it's like, yeah. oh, one dad equals many video games potentially. <laughs> this transaction yes. is aleatory. I've miscalculated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Freaking Super Mario's a weird concept. It's a weird, th- including the movie. You ever with, seen the movie? Um, what's his face? The Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins, yeah. R.I.P. I have King. seen some of that movie. Bob Hoskins was cool. Bob Hoskins was a big labor guy. It's really funny to read his political opinions because you read them in the voice of Bob Hoskins like, or Eddie. Labor as an English Red. labor. Yeah, English labor guy. He was an old. He's like you know those old crusty labor guys. Some we don't really have like old crusty Democrats in in America. Like the image of a Democrat, as we discuss, are like bunch of like prissy mm. elites essentially. Uh, or, like, educated people. That and, you know, the black and Hispanic working class, uh, which, you know, you they're rapidly losing. Especially the Hispanic working class, my God, they're rapidly losing. Yeah, did you see that article in the Times? That was conservatives. About, uh, just about that. It came out recently. No, no, about how they're rapidly losing Hispanic yeah. people to uh, conservative ideology. How well, so? How so? I just saw the highlights. Let me see if I can pull up a summary of it. Uh, I, I had a summary. Gusanos, some of the the leftist. I, I yeah, can't uh, say that. I mean, I just said that, a, but I, I wouldn't be able to call I'm them a gusano. Up a summary. Give me one. Here we go. Here we go. So this is mm-hmm. from a New York Times article. What are, what are the Times saying? What's the old gray lady? What's so the, old the number saggy one thing bitch? is um, <laughs> Latinos, only one in four Hispanics see themselves as a group of people of color. That's, there you go. So they prefer to see Hispanics as a group integrating into the American mainstream. One. So they're, they're trying to right. get in white. So th- this is all, I'm, I am literally quoting from the New York Times, so I'm... And that white is mint. not that. That is Alex is saying that word. I'm not saying that word. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Wait. Are you? They're not. Are they? Or are they not that's seeking? That's not a word that is written. To, I'm not seeing that word on my screen. It's in uh, the New York Times. That's direct for <laughs> direct quote from the New York Times. Okay. So uh, let's see. So the they are uh, the fact they um let's see. So our racial self-conception, as in white people, is not shared by a majority of Hispanics who seem to balk at understanding themselves as people of color under racist attack. Okay, mm-hmm. so let me see. Uh, let's see what else they say. Democrats, Democrats... What do they say? Um, should call for Americans to unite against the strategic racism of powerful elites who stoke division and then run the country for their own benefit. This is not to deny the reality of pervasive societal racism, but it does direct attention away from whites in general and towards the powerful elites who benefit from divide-and-conquer politics. Mm. I mean, this is a classic... Is this uh, an this opinion is, poll? Let me see if I can find the article. This is just the class. Yeah, it's an opinion article. This is just the sort of classic race versus class uh, discussion that's been dominating the discourse for the past month or so. It also dominates our discourse because I'm very much like, 
a, a race matters more than you give it credit guy and you're like a very much or like ident- I'm more like identity plays a more important role I'm not like throw out the whole identity thing whole cloth you're a more fuck identity well, class well I baby. think in terms of like political strategy class is a better mm-hmm. way to go yeah um, but it remains to be seen. It's, you know, both of us are relatively powerless when it comes to shaping the discussion. I have, like, maybe 52 followers on Twitter. That <laughs> Oh, yeah. Also, just, like, I, I don't do shit politically. I don't act—I I, I just want to make it clear that I am not holding myself to be correct— I mean, I am because having a political opinion necessarily implies that right. you think you're Well, correct. there's a difference so between which one but. matters and what do you mean when you say matters? Like, like ma- if what matters morally versus what is the political strategy to realize your ends, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like it, it would make more sense to approach it from a class disparity point of view than a race racial disparity point of view um in terms of achieving the political ends which we would need to define also which is like what are I, the what are the ends what do we want it's hard to agree well what do we want is pure fuck parties 24 right. 7 you know how are we going to get to the pure fuck parties not like the fucking half measure fuck parties not those fucking namby-pamby, okay. two fingers in and you're out, fucking done by a Sunday, watching that new fucking, watching Chef's so Table. So you, you're the, you just want 100% hedonism all the time. Uh, yeah, what can be, what can we do? How can we make the fuck factories, is what uh, I'm saying. How do we make the orgone projecting fuck factories? Is there the political will for factory, that? If it's a factory, then I would, if it's a factory you, you're after, my friend, then I <laughs> You're right. We would ship all the fuck factories to China for cheap fucking export it all here. Uh, and then in the Midwest, this city used to run yeah. on fucking. And now the look, Siemens now, all dried up now. Now NAFTA. Yeah. <laughs> These Mexicans are fucking for pennies on the dollar. <laughs> the average American fuck worker. Um, well, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, my, uh, my leftism chops are, I'm not even bothering with it anymore. I'm just reading history now. I'm just, yeah. I finished my book about Washington. I'm starting a book about John Adams. So here we go, John Adams. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Is is will he be as agreeable and charming as right. Paul Giamatti made him look in the yeah. HBO miniseries? Well, apparently he had a bad repu- he's had a bad reputation as being sort of disagreeable or something. But the, you know, David McCullough, the author, has rehabilitated it, and he's the one who the miniseries was based on. Is that part of the founder chic genre? As I've heard, yeah. Um, well, I don't know. You're, you, what you're speaking of is historiography. And uh, the Ooh. historiography of the founders, I was reading a great little summary of it. Her historiography. Oh, man. You just blew it up, man. You just blew it up. They store the they. It's called, but it's, what about Abigail they, Adams' the, her me, historiography? They, the, the, the they historiography. The, the they historiography of yeah, the founders has actually flip-flopped. Uh, like, throughout the 19th and 20th centuries, depending on... 
um, like societal changes. So I was like reading about how in the 30s, the conservatives were a kind of anti-founder in their histories for various different reasons. And it has flip-flopped back and forth a couple of times as to which um, which side is really pro-founder or not. And I thought it was very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of depends on who's in power at the time and who's using what for what ends. You know, of course, like when Lincoln, mm-hmm. after they won the Civil War, there was a renewed interest uh, in the founders and the Revolutionary War. And every time there's a war people get interested in the origins of America. Um, but I'm not sure if that happened with the Iraq war. The author, David Hackett Fisher, claims it did. but Like with the toppling of the Saddam statue, mm-hmm. now we're toppling our own statues. Deep. Deep. Galaxy yeah. brains. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, various interpretations... Of history, it, it kind of made me realize that the 1619 project is actually not so unique as a thing. Mm-hmm. There have been attempts to radically change how we interpret um, our history. Like there's a whole there was yeah, a whole group known as the That's... debunkers because they were they were the mad at how much the founders had been glorified and it inspired an art movement. There was a guy that like made sarcastic paintings of the Daughters of the American Revolution sipping tea in front of a painting of Washington. <laughs> were... <laughs> it's very That's funny. pretty good. That's, were, the, were these... Was this 19th century like shit? It's early 20th or? century stuff, yeah. Early 20th century shit. Yeah, I think... It's you should always have a like a healthy skepticism towards any authority figure. That's That much is true. But I think it's sort of like balancing out... You know, does... And something we talk about with the statues, too. How much of recognizing someone's importance to history and importance to, like, the progress of not shitty ideas do you take in in response? Like, how do you love them because of that, but while simultaneously not venerating them or not portraying them to be a godlike figure, which affects the history, you know? Uh I guess, you know, that's more of, that's a very personal moral question is, you know, how do you reconcile the good with the bad well, in a person? Uh, you, how much you want to bet we get a statue of RBG? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right away. How big will it be right. is the question. <laughs> It'll be larger than life, which means six feet. <laughs> it'll be it'll be it'll be sitting uh, sitting on lincoln's lap just looking yeah "Mm, in terms of statues what what do you think about about lincoln memorial should we take that down (gasps) yeah i think that you know further to my line about the last episode i think a big guys are fucking weird like lincoln was a flawed dude we should not have him as our god. Like, there's so many jokes about, like, the Lincoln Memorial coming to life and destroying yeah, Washington. a Simpsons gag, you know? I think. I feel yeah. like that if it wasn't a Simpsons gag, it it might as well have been a Simpsons gag. There was the I know there was one where Lisa and the Mrs. Lisa goes to Washington, goes to the Lincoln Memorial, but it's crowded with tourists, so she goes to the Thomas Jefferson Memorial, and the Jefferson Memorial just complains. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's ignored in favor of the Lincoln Memorial. Uh, so even the Simpsons had revisionist history. <laughs> A little girl has lost faith with democracy. Ah, 
Uh, if the Simpsons die, then we all die. We cannot cancel the Simpsons. We cannot cancel the good Simpsons. Cancel everything after season ten. I don't care. Oh, fine. But you know there is a there is a cipher for all of culture. The nexus of culture belongs in the Simpsons. Everything from past and future uh, is there as a key. We shall build religions off of it. Uh, we already have. Most podcasts are just Simpsons podcasts with occasional politics references. Is the name Mo short for anything? Like M O E. Uh, it was implied in one episode that it was Momar. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, in the episode where Marge becomes a cop, Homer runs a background check. I, I can run background checks on anyone, Momar. Ixnay on the Omar, man. <laughs> Omar, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, in another episode, it was impl- uh, it was said he was uh, Morris. Morris, of course. Uh, but, uh... Yeah, I think that's sort of loose. I think the the histories of Springfield characters are not necessarily canonical because they change it up every every so often. Like the nineties when the nineties the episode when Homer and Marge were young in the nineties and Homer was part of a grunge band called Sadgasm. <laughs> uh, which is pretty funny. Was Homer, when was that? For a late I don't... period. That was a very, it's a late period Simpsons, and it's an episode that people hate, because it's like, eh, there's so many beautiful early season episodes which talk about Homer and Marge's relationship, and actually sort of uh, weirdly paints an intimate picture of an impoverished young couple. Yeah, in the 70s, right? He was a teenager in the 70s. In 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 the 80s, yeah. Or in the 70s. So Homer is like, when those episodes, Homer's supposed to be 36, which is funny. In 1980, I'm getting there. In 1989, Homer's 36. Okay. Yeah, but when those episodes aired, it would have been like 94. So let's say he was a high school student 20 years ago. So yeah, you're right. The 70s. He's Homer's supposed to be a high school student in the freaking yeah. early 70s. That's the vibe you get because when he goes uh, to work at the power plant, it's like after the whole power plant had been decommissioned and then re and then Mr. Burns comes along and recommissions it as like an attempt to revitalize the, the post-industrial wasteland that Springfield became. I think, um, I, I don't remember, but I bet like the nuclear power plant thing was sort of a three mile Island mm. reference. Um, I guess because, you know, at, in the eighties, you know, nuclear fears were really reaching their head with Chernobyl yeah. But there was all this great, and the Toxic Avenger is also comes out of that, where there's a lot of great, in the early 90s too, it's like so many Batman villains were just pushed into vats of toxic sludge, and that's how it happens, you know, people getting mutated by industrial well, runoff. I think, yeah, I happens don't know, I think Chernobyl was, a, was so terrible to have affected a, our whole nation to be against nuclear energy, and because we don't, we're not, we don't use any of those shitty reactors, we built good reactors, and we could have had good nuclear energy, it's pretty carbon-free. <sighs> yeah, I mean, U.S. Guinea engineer, they love and nuclear the energy. The thing is that, like, Nevada, Nevada, has refused to... to to let us uh, dump all the nuclear waste in their state, those selfish, greedy bastards. Those, those bastards. They're afraid of the desert <laughs> mutants. The desert <laughs> mutants. 
Uh. <laughs> oh no, the desert mutants. <laughs> They're coming for the gamblers. We'll hold up in Reno. You should, you, let's do a COVID <laughs> trip to Vegas right now. Maybe this this winter, this oh, fall, when yeah. it gets really bad again. I want to go get... Mm. I don't know if I can cross the border. You can cross border. the border. You just can't get back. <gasps> I can get trapped yes. in America? Maybe I'll just quit my job and get trapped, trapped in, in America. America. That's, a, that's an old uh, 14th, 15th century song. It was a slight slave a slate joke. joke? It was a poor taste slave joke. Because they were singing. Oh, uh, yeah, it was a poor taste slave joke, as opposed to the really good taste yeah. slave joke. That's well. Those are the ones about. <laughs> Man, I heard a really classy those are the ones about, slave about joke. White slavery. <laughs> white slavery. What's uh, what's happening with whites? What's a white well, slavery? I, they're joke? most like the Slavs. They're, like their name. Oh yeah. How can you tell which slavery is the white slavery? It's the slavery that likes mayonnaise well, on everything. Is it true that the word Slav comes from the word slave and they're etymologically related? I think that might be true. I think that might be true. I'm not sure. I don't want to confirm. It sounds like a very QI thing. Oh, man. Uh, but I do think Slav and slave are etymologically related. You are you are correct. You could look it up I and could. confirm... Or we could just spread misinformation, like fucking Joe right. Rogan saying Antifa started wildfires. I, <laughs> I love that they think the Antifa's going around and then apologizing. Wildfire. Why would they do that? That's not their mo. Like the Antifa, they're not really even the looters. Like the people that no, are like died they're in not the wool. They're not. They're not the looters. Antifa. The looters are just opportunists who. Yeah, they're just guys who are like ooh. People are fighting the cops. No, the Antifa are the annoying ones, in my opinion, who are being super, like, who are going around to the restaurants, in front of the restaurants, and annoying, heckling the restaurant eaters. Be like... (laughs) Have you... I've never... No, that's not true. I have met, because I did go to a couple of uh, protests back in my day against uh, Faith Goldie. And I interacted with a bunch of Antifa kids, you know, a bunch of... And I get along with those because, you know, uh, there's something about a skinny, like, bespectacled, uh, androgynous person in a half shirt with a <laughs> megaphone that, you know, I like this I like this person, you know? I could, I could talk to this person. Some people are more put off by that yeah. thing. I think my dad is really I put mean, off. We went by to that, college with a which bunch is why of he them. Hates it. All you have to do is just ask yeah. them if they like noise music, and then you can have a conversation for thirty minutes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I mean, I like Antifa as an anti-fascist. Yes, of course, everyone is anti. I, I feel like when that—that's a very disingenuous thing when people say like everyone's antifa you know antifa just means anti-fascist you know so you're antifa you know no that's not true it the whole it does have another meaning you know it does have an organizational specific any means necessary attachment to it which some people you know some people don't want to use any means necessary to fight the fascists you know or fight what or some people just straight up think that the fascist does not I walk use, among us. I use exclusively and, you know, rap rock. <laughs> yeah. 
Man, it really worked out for Rage Against oh, the boy. Machine in disseminating their message. No people have mistaken Rage Against the Machine for anything <laughs> other than leftist politics at all. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny when you meet, like, when you hear bros, like, singing. See, the problem, I diagnose this problem is the good chorus problem. Rage Against the Machine's choruses are too generic and too good. Like, they're not saying, like, Marx was right, man! They're saying, you know, uh, uh, killing in the name yeah. of, I won't do what you tell me. Anyone can relate to yeah, I won't do what you parade. tell me. There's no like, political. What does that even mean? Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to. Bulls on parade, it's like, uh, you could see that as an empowering masculine thing. Like, oh, man, I'm entering the gym. Like, my dick is hard. My pecs are hard. You know, fucking bulls yeah. on parade, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what people who go into the gym. I I think their dicks and pecs are perpetually yeah, hard. Yeah, I, I guess. think. How does one's pecs? How are your pecs hard? I've never seen an erect. He's just got hard, perpetually okay. hard pecs. Well, my neighbor's a bodybuilder. <laughs> I could go ask him. Uh, hey, is your dick and your pec hard all the time? Are your dicks are and your, your pecs hard, hard all the time? <laughs> are you are you two dicks hard? Alan two dicks. That's where his name comes from. Uh. Frickin' hard pecs. I need to start exercising so that I I just want to start exercising where I have like a very strong upper body but still a gut. Mm. You know, sort of embracing my um, dwarf dwarf qualities, my dwarven qualities. Yeah, I think the government should make it mandatory for everyone to exercise. <laughs> that that yeah. would be very good. That would be, you'd have the lazy police. If you don't exercise, you go to jail. We make jail um, worse. We make jail worse. (laughs) (laughs) Thomas Sankara had uh, tribunals for lazy workers in Burkina Faso. I was not aware of that. That's, yeah, so you know Thomas Sankara, the G, the utter G, the champion Thomas Sankara, right? I don't know him that, I guess I thought he was an op-ed writer for the Times, he is. He was not an op-ed writer. Thomas Sankara is a fucking. Thomas Sankara basically is a guy you can point to to say that socialism actually works, because through his use of socialism, he turned Burkina Faso around. You know, from like a total fucking backwater to a semi-functional country within like seven years, and then he was assassinated by the combined tribal and colonial leaders uh, who he offended. I mean, he did a lot of incredible stuff for his country. Uh, uh, Really improved women's rights a lot, improved education, you know, uh, improved wealth equality. But he also, because he was a very committed, sort of almost a tanky, one could say, sort of even a believer in sort of the Russian version of communism, uh, he had sort of more authoritarian qualities than people would like. Uh, uh, <laughs> and so he had tribunals for lazy workers, for people that would not uh, commit. So, uh, so that's one way to... So, you know, when people when people say, uh, capitalists say that uh, there's no... Well, if we don't have money, why will people work? You forgot about violence, capitalists. You forgot about a guy poking another guy with a bayonet and we'll pay the bayonet poking guy <laughs> yikes i don't think i would like to live in a place with uh 
Lazy worker tribunals. No, I would get sent away right away. <laughs> but <laughs> I bet, bad. I bet if, uh, a, I bet if we had anti-fart tribunals would be pretty popular in my household. I think. I think I would oh be held. Oh my god! I could I think not I would survive be held those. Uh, at very guilty if there was an anti-fart tribunal. I couldn't yeah. eat cheese. I couldn't. <laughs> couldn't do anything. Couldn't eat ice cream. It's mostly dairy. I'm just trying to force the dairy issue. You know, you ever have that? Are you no, lactose intolerant? No, I'm not because I have uh, much it? Scandinavian blood, so I am not. I am not lactose intolerant. There you go. Uh, I am. I got the Jew blood. Ah, yeah, that'll make you uh, lactose intolerant. Yeah, and we we sacrificed too many cows, so the cow god made us unable to process dairy. Yeah, that's how yeah. it works. Which one's the? Is it Vishnu? <laughs> Who is it? Oh, there's a, there is no, I don't know if there's a, spe- I can't there think of any cow, cow god. god. There is a cow god, but it's not Vishnu. Vishnu is one of That's the Kama- tree warty. Vishnu Kamadenu. is one of the most powerful. Okay, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know cow that. Cow of plenty. I think. Okay, there you go. You should it's start. the divine uh, bovine goddess. Uh, <laughs> cow yeah. of plenty. Kamadenu, cow of plenty, the divine. You're, you're my cow of plenty, yeah. lady. Yeah, she emerged from the churning of the cosmic ocean. Hell yeah! Oh man, Indian mythology is so great. It's all about like fucking. Everything's like fucking. The yeah. sea is fucking. Grass. Well, the is Babylonian fucking. origin stories was like the earth came out of a giant puddle of semen. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Puddle, puddle of, of cum. cum. <laughs> that's yeah. That's but but cum is spelled with two she M's. Fucking, <laughs> she fucking hates me. That sucks. Can you take it all away? What's Wes Scanlon doing right now, other than being addicted to meth? I wish I was addicted to meth, living in a box, you know? I feel like the first six months of meth addiction are pretty good. Like, you are getting more shit done than you would get otherwise. (laughs) But then it takes, like, a real steep drop-off. I wish there was like a way that you could have only the first six months of meth addiction. There is. Just have a very strong yeah. willpower. You know, <laughs> have great, really strong willpower. After six months of meth addiction, you cut yourself off. Yeah. I mean, various uh, academics are addicted to speed throughout their careers. Erdos, you know about uh, Erdos? No, he sounds like a Vox contributor. <laughs> maybe uh man fucking what is it with vox why is vox the fucking I don't worst know. Uh, fucking mad iglesias isn't is the reason fucking... worse uh, yeah well reason's libertarian so they're already fucking clowns so but like vox um the reason why I dislike Vox more is because it does appeal more to a general audience. Like, it does have a good design, and it is sort of in, like, a BuzzFeedy, listically political mm. format, which does have a very strong reach. And I think that, um, who's the editor? Ezra Klein? I, th- I think that sounds right. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think whatever that guy is, he has a very good understanding of what gets the clicks and what gets the likes. Whereas Reason is specifically for its weird little audience. So I think, you know, Vox is more insidious in that respect, in that it is more of um, a mainstream 
website and people see it as being without ideology um, in the same way that people see the New York Times as being without ideology or the Washington Post. But what they do not recognize it is the ideology is simply status quo. Uh, so I think that is the danger of Vox and also why it's bad takes, you know, more in proportion, I think, than the New York Times or um, WashPo. Even though Washpo is owned by Bezo. Bezo. Uh, <laughs> in French, it's uh, Jeff Bezo. The S is silent. Yeah, Vox. Yeah, Vox has just more very dumb liberal takes. That's. I guess that's not true. I guess New York Times like employed Barry Weiss, but she was almost employed just to be their fucking you know whipping girl. It's like, look, we gave this dumb bitch a voice. We're egalitarian. Like, they gave the, the conservative voice to the dumbest conservative columnist on the planet. Was she, is she sort so, of conservative? I thought she was, like, liberal except for Israel. Um, no, she's pretty fucking conservative. I mean, I guess, she is she pro-gay marriage? She's I mean, probably, probably pro-gay marriage, yeah. right? Knows? That's not, that's... That, I don't know. It, Ivana's pro-gay. Yeah, the Ivanka only Trump things is that should marriage, determine so your like... political compass are economic issues, not social issues. Uh, well, let's see. Let's see if I can think of a counter argument to that. I mean, the thing is, is you can boil everything down to an economic issue if you think That's about it hard enough. That's neo-Marxism. It's, no, it's right. It's not. It's correct. It's, it's a not correct. correct. You can't. No, I mean you can. Or the reason why, uh, the reason why, uh, conflict arises is because of a resource inequality. And I think that is generally true. Uh, in most cases, I think after, after that, I think why most conflict arises, at least in this society, when conflict arises between two forces that have conquered, you know, resource uh, uh, distribution, then it becomes more about ideologically based conflict. But I think even, you know, throughout history, stuff that seems like ideologically based, like the Crusades, is actually very economically based. Oh, I have a big book on that. I don't, I'll have to, let's uh, footnote this topic, because I have a mm. thousand page book on the Crusades that I have got in my pile of books, and I will get back to you. Mm in several months <laughs> about whether the crusades was more ideologically yeah, or economically I mean, I, driven I, yeah it's it's down in my pile of books you can't see it in the background but i have i have amassed quite a collection of books on my to-do list to read mm. ever since old history you're, you're well, ever since history quitting weed now. i'm like oh i can i can read <laughs> books again and um I'm going to do it. I'm going to read every book ever written. <laughs> there you go. I'll have all the knowledge. There was time yeah. now. I had quit weed. <laughs> well, weed just makes me want to browse uh, the timeline and look at the news and just be like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just awesome. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's the best. You're saying, you're saying that's uh you're saying that like it's a bad thing. Stupid. <laughs> Oh my god, Ruth Bader Ginsburg oh, died, whoa, dumb hey, bitch. What? I didn't ever... That's something you said, not me. 
Okay, I'll I'll take for all the all the Bader jokes. Uh, for all the Bill Hader Ginsburg jokes. <laughs> Bill Hader. <laughs> oh no, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I mean, died. I don't think it's great to have a cult of personality with someone. I think that's why we're there's a a, a minimal backlash happening because um, people I think are just annoyed whenever there's a cult of personality around someone. But it's not it's natural to have a cult of personality. <sighs> I think, yeah, I mean, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was not not culturally significant. Yeah, I mean, in terms of, to give a number uh, to your question of how important of a justice, I mean, she's very influential, very, and was she consequential with some things? I don't, I, she wrote some really good dissents. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess I give her about a six in terms of... Give her about a six. M- most important Supreme Court judge, maybe six point five. If we're gonna go into the decimals, yes. No Earl Warren. I mean, there. <laughs> no fucking Earl Warren. There've over been here. more just consequential justices because of the arc of history and how it unfolds. Um, I would even say that Sotomayor is a more consequential judge than Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I don't know. Because <laughs> she makes... Well... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What are some good opinions she's written? I mean, how how consequential is any... Uh, I You know, I'm not a legal you scholar. Kind of are. I can't, you kind I can't of, you're more of a legal scholar than I am. You have more years of law school under your belt than I do. Yeah, but I don't have a specific history of the Supreme Court in mind. I, I, I know, like... I mean, the real the Warren Court is the Supreme Court to pay attention to the one with Marshall on it, where it was. That is, I think that's the Supreme Court that people have in their heads when they think about the egalitarian Supreme Court that was made up of people who, even though they were differing politically, uh, I mean, except for Hugo Black, who is fucking weird, or who am I confusing? Not, not. See, I'm no, I'm no scholar. I'm no scholar. Mm-hmm. Although I did like my favorite all time was Stevens. Uh, Justice Stevens, because he would uh, give out of left field wacky opinions. He was like the wild card. See, that's what we need on the Supreme Court. You need a wild card. You can't have a swing vote. You need like a, I am capable of anything guy. Who knows? You need a chaotic neutral Supreme Court. See, that's see, in instead of having it by political affiliation, we should have nine Supreme Court justices, but we a chaotic evil justice a neutral evil justice, a ca- uh, lawful evil justice, et cetera, et cetera. I would go, I would go, um, have one justice of each religion. Because right now, <laughs> it's just Catholics and Jews. It's kind of nuts. You're right. That's it's all it's nuts. ever been. Same as it ever no, was. No, it, it used to just be Protestants. Like, before the Civil War, it was all Protestants. Who, who we got Catholics? So we got uh, Kavanaugh... Uh, so they're so all Catholic, Catholic except for Breyer and Ginsburg. Kagan. Nope. They're all Catholic. And the yes. Wait, Kagan's Kagan's all, Catholic? Kagan's no, not Jewish. They're all Catholic except for Breyer and Ginsburg. The one exception is Gorsuch, who was raised Catholic and has converted to Episcopalian. <laughs> so he's basically Catholic. Lame. Gorsuch. What? Are, why are the? Why are these Catholics dominating jurisprudence? What, they do. what they, is it they, about? The Catholics are extremely smart and powerful, and everyone has just been ignoring them. Where they have been teaching people about the, because they are so pissed about abortion, they they are seriously on a judicial mission, 
and have been since the 90s to work their way into the judicial system. And meanwhile, liberals are off being like, Haha, Wakanda, yeah, let's learn about, let's learn about <laughs> fake shit that doesn't matter. And Meanwhile, the Catholic Church has already infiltrated Wakanda and well, they're no, raping young Meanwhile, the Catholic Black Church has Panther. infiltrated our judicial system up to the highest levels. <laughs> and, and we're just being like, oh, Ruth Conda. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Ruth Panther. And, and Get every, him, girl. Every single Club. Democrat who talks about Roe versus Wade is just being a useful idiot. Because that is not the consequential decision to think about. It's Planned Parenthood versus Casey. And it's not taught in public mm. schools, I don't think, at all. But it was drilled into me at Catholic school because it's, it is kind of a wild opinion written by Anthony Kennedy. And it states that in, like, anybody has the right to determine the nature of their existence, which Catholics say is completely wrong. You don't get to determine the nature of reality. Reality is set. You do not have Correct. bodily autonomy. Divine right uh, prescribes how we should live, and it is in this way. Can't give up a baby. It's alive. Has infinite potential. By doing that, you well, kill that's... God himself. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, attack and dethrone <laughs> God is now the... Huh. Yay! Abort many babies. Attack and I saw the take on Twitter. Some people were like, <laughs> I'm going to go have an abortion right now just to stick it to you while I still can. That's the correct attitude. That is the correct attitude. Have lots of abortions. Apparently everyone on the Reddit, the subreddit, uh, child free is is flipping their shit right now. They're like, get get sterilized while you still can. They're going to turn it into Handmaid's Tale. (laughs) And I can't, if I have, if I get pregnant, I'll kill myself. I just can't deal. I don't know. I still don't think, even with a very conservative court, I think common law actually sort of helps in this instance. And also especially the almost psychotic obsession that all judges have with their reputation. Mm. Um, Perhaps. I don't think you can... Yeah, if you do take the common law seriously, as all Supreme Court people do, no matter how ideologically conservative, you know, you sort of have to respect that which has come before. Uh, in a very serious, studied way. And those decisions in Casey well, and Wade that, are good. They're, Kavanaugh they're solid reasoning. has recently started the ball rolling on against that. I, I can't remember where it was. I'd have to do some research. But he has started the ball rolling on overturning previously, previous court rulings. I, I'm not sure if they're going to try to repeal abortion law, but I think they might if they get a, another justice on which they're they're probably going to do mm-hmm. i think i mean if you want to talk maybe we should talk strats strategies because i talk I, strats. I, my opinion is well that, he, trump yeah. says well, it's no, gonna i think be they're going to try to get someone through but i'm just i'm not i'm torn on if it's they're going to try to do it before the election or after because in my mind it makes uh, sense to campaign on it because it'll help the republic if you if i was a republican i would campaign on doing it after the election to yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't even be stalling it out that much. But um who knows? Uh, what do you think? I, mean, I I don't know. I think it's um I think it's worth it just to do it now and get it over with just because what is the fear that um 
who is the guy that Obama wanted to nominate, but then it couldn't because the Republicans stalled him out on it, and no, that's no, how we no, got no. Gorsuch? Ma- what Mer- was the name Merrick of that guy? Merrick Garland. Garland. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're not going to Merrick Garland. Pelosi's well, Pelosi not going to Merrick no Garland. Pelosi has no at all. No, nah, because it's uh-huh. the Senate's Republicans. So. Pelosi's not in the Senate. Uh, you're right. She's she Congress. She's Speaker. Um, nothing. So yeah, they like the, what can the Democrats really do about this? They can't like really block this confirmation they have to, at all. They have I mean, to they offer some kind of deal. In, they have to come up with a political deal. Yeah, like uh, funding. Uh, and they're not the good wall. at doing that. Funding they have no the leverage. Wall, maybe. No, don't you still just they they don't have to do it. Funding for the wall to not confirm this person. You don't just give somebody something to do something that they don't have to do mm-hmm. anyway. <laughs> well, they, I mean, the alternative sense. is the threats to pack the court. But here's here's my thing. If the Republicans get it through before the election, then the motivation for conservative turnout kind of goes down and the motivation yeah. for liberal turnout goes way up. So if you string it along until after the election, if you say you're going to do it after the election, like, we'll do it once we win and we get a mandate, then mm-hmm. you'll pump up the conservative turnout. That's why I think they're going to wait to do it. But I don't know. You know, Trump wants to do it now, I guess, because he can't hold anything back, but he should See, where I disagree with that is I think he's already got the Republican base locked. You know, I, I don't think the the idea of him shedding people uh, from the previous excitement of his previous election, I don't think is really true. At least not the people that will like the single issue Republican voters like the anti-abortion voters or like mm-hmm. the uh, uh, crazy low tax voters, you know. They're, you're never going to get them to vote against Trump in any respect. I don't know. So I, I, I think I some of the think... abortion voters are, before this, may have been kind of for Biden. They, they think Biden is, you know, maybe going to be at least moderate on abortion because he's Catholic and previously against the Hyde Amendment, even though I think he's now for the Hyde Amendment. Man, all those people that were scared of Kennedy were absolutely right. The Catholics did overtake. Well, you know the what's government. funny is that it, if, if if Trump nominates a Catholic justice, the Democrats will have to be very yeah. moderate in their anti-Catholic rhetoric because Biden is Catholic. So, mm. that's a man. I never thought. I never thought I'd see the day where the Pope was dominant. <laughs> These papists. <laughs> These got I am half Catholic. I love Catholicism actually. It's like, not an ethnicity. <laughs> I know. I'm a half Catholic double latte. Uh, but I, I, I do love I do love the culture in the same way that I am culturally Jewish, I would also say if being culturally Catholic were a thing. Because Catholicism, through its unique psychosexual uh, pain mm-hmm. and pleasure points uh creates very unique art and people uh the sagrada familia what is potentially one of the greatest works of human art could not have been accomplished without you know a priest laughing at gaudi's penis for you know all of these years of his childhood (laughs) your penis is so tiny i did it and then now we have the sagrada familia Oh, no, senor. Senor, I have to become architect now. This is bad. 
He's bad, don't, don't do it. And that's how we got the Sagrada Familia. Thanks, Catholicism. Thank well, I was seeing... You know, um, have you ever yeah. read Rerum Novarum? Re- Rerum, Rerum Novarum. No, Rerum is that, Novarum. Oh, it's U-M at the end of both. Rerum Novarum. Is that Dave Navarro's uh, brother? Yeah, no. It's like uh, it's like the Catholic <laughs> papal bull against capitalism. Yeah, papal it was, bull. predates uh, predates the Communist Manifesto, I believe. So Catholics always like uh, to yeah. It's, oh well, no, it's, it doesn't predate. It's roughly at the same time, but it is um, it. Which pope? Who? Pope which pope Leo decreed the thirteenth? It's it's Leo. It's on, it's on capital and labor of men, and it's about the um, misery and wretchedness pressing so unjustly on the working class. It it uh, supports the rights of labor to form unions, but rejects socialism and unrestricted capitalism, while affirming the right to private mm. property. So it's kind of so it's sock dem yeah, they're sock dem <laughs> <laughs> well uh that's well, funny I mean, <laughs> we believe it is the papal degree decree that social democracy the best of both i mean it, uh, we like markets where we can get fast and furious the, the, they have the easy way out <laughs> in communism no fast they have and the furious easy way blue. out which is what? like um you don't have to rely on um Whatever the hell it is that Marx relies on as a like the dialectic as a as a method of attenuating things, is that sort of a correct interpretation? So because uh, they just have God, you just have God. You're you're saying that through like through Marxist philosophy, the main the main epistemological feature is gaining knowledge through dialectic. I.e., you say a thing. Then they say a thing, and then together we come right, to a better thing. Right, and that's how you sort of attenuate the, the excesses of, of it, um, or the bad things that tend yeah. to happen. You, uh, yeah, that's how you cut the 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 cream yeah, so from the chaff to get yeah, the wheat from the chaff. Catholicism doesn't have to have to have that. You just have to go to confession Why? if you do something bad. You know. Oh, there you go. Meh, you just confess. There you go. Confess that's all you have to do. But it is sort of a conversation with a um, an authority figure. There is a dialectical aspect to confession in that, I mean, while the priest is not offering anything, they are offering, you know, a response to yeah. your confession, which is sort of a dialectic. You know, it doesn't work. You can't do a confession in a vacuum. Specifically, someone has to listen and respond and sort of ask. I think confession is great. I think it's like a very powerful... You know why confession is great? Because it's one of the only fucking forms of free therapy in the world. Well, it's you can... It's, it's so anger-inducing. That should be free you for can everybody. Do it with uh, Protestant priests, but not... there. You can't... Conf- it's... It's not quite. It's the not same. the same. It's not as intense. And well, it weird. can be weird. It can certainly be weird. Oh, they don't. The Catholics don't sure have a weird. monopoly on weird priests. You just <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, no. Rerum Novarum is interesting because it, you know, it, it prescribes uh, forming trade unions and collective bargaining as an alternative to yeah. state intervention. So it's kind of syndicalist in a way. I, maybe, I don't know if it, it doesn't, no, it's not syndicalist at all, actually. That's wrong. Because syndicalism would be like owning yeah. the company that you work for, right? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's guild. Mm. It's like a I'm guild down with system, the ownership you know? of the company you work for. I like partial ownership. Yeah. I think everyone's down with that. That's a pretty hard well, one to argue against. The private property people are not like, down with that. Yeah, but it's like when you consider like a factory as a thing that produces things, you know, and you're an integral part of it, even if you are a small part of it, you know. It's just, uh, you know, try not to be alienated from your labor. You should have a piece of whatever you're producing. A piece of the pie. Uh, proportional to the piece like of piece what of, you a produce. Piece of the pie. Throwback to my pie discussion. There you go. My exact cherry pie. cherry pie, disc of cherry, <laughs> fucking cornstarch. I have. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she's my cherry pie. Cool <laughs> drink of water, such sweet surprise. <laughs> <laughs> she's my. So many Ginsburg memes. So many. So many R.I.P. Ginsburg memes. In the arms of an angel, I lay away from here. In the hearts of an angel. So anyway, back, back, just one more thing. Let's go back to that article about how the Latinos are maybe uh, re- the Latinos realigning are going to the Republican, to Trump. or at least more conservative, because it's all the Democrats yeah. really have to do is just say conservative stuff, and then well, speaking we know, of Catholics, we know what you know. both parties want, and that's just to make more money for the elites, which you know, it's yeah. just who do you want but the elites to be? Who are they using? Choose your choose so, your avatars. Choose so your heroes. I feel in a way like there is sort of being an elite is sort of like a republic a Republican idea. Not as not like the Republican R, Party, but R as republic. in like Yeah. Yeah. As in we choose our we choose our gods. We elect our gods. They're still gods and they still have authority over us and can crush us like bugs. And we, you know, have shrines to them in our houses, but we get to choose them. And that's sort of what makes America better than a country that chooses their gods based on divine right. So this article in the Times about it, it says more than 60% of Hispanics agreed with the statement that we should have full funding for the police so our communities are not threatened by people who refuse to follow our laws. Mm -hmm. So they're Mm pro-police. Yeah, I mean, that's... You've never Cypress Hill didn't say fuck the police. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm sure Cypress Hill does not care for the police. Uh, but yeah, I think I I also think the Hispanic community in America has not had. No, no, I, I was about to say something incredibly stupid. They have had a historical reckoning with police violence, especially like in the South in the early days. Uh, of their immigration but um uh yeah i think what accounts for it is do you think that hispanic people are more over uh, upwardly mobile than black people specifically because a they want to see themselves as white and b because to some degree the even like a mixed taco person can pass for white for mm. to to use a crass term like they like the reason why Jews got their white card is because they they had light skin. They had very light skin, right? So it's easier to accept a Jewish person as a white person. Um, do you think any of it just has to do it, it this is a colorism argument I'm essentially making right. is that do you think it all comes down to the stupidity of how light-skinned you are and you know whether that affects your politics based on a 
system that you know sort of makes it easier depending on how light your skin is i don't think so but i don't have good arguments either way right now so that's mm-hmm. a difficult question i mean that's that is in essence the entire question um mm-hmm. is that is that real or not so I yeah mean, does like the spirit of of white supremacy undergird the very soul of our interactions or is it just something that occurs in happenstance is it the cause or is it the symptom yeah it's very complicated maybe a little bit of both i mean it's yeah that's our melting pot question of the day yeah (laughs) yeah um is it sort of um economic venalness you take a little venalness you take a little racism you take a little will to power you take a little familial egomania well, I mean, you smash what it do you all think together the, sh- the sh- chicano movement would say you know the chicano movement from like the 60s and 70s the ones that don't identify them the specifically american uh latin people as opposed el to mu- like el uh, movimiento El movimiento. No, I don't know about Chicanos. I am unversed. Well, um, I mean that's where I w- that's where I would start in terms of researching it. It looks like they got totally screwed by CoIntel Pro. Yeah, CoIntel Pro, and the, which and it's like C- Cesar Chavez. Um, mm. but yeah, the Chicano movement experienced heavy state surveillance, infiltration, and repression. From U.S. government informants and uh, agent provocateurs. Um, agent provocateur. But it, I know about Cesar Chavez. I know about the hunger strikes. and. Uh, so that's, that's where I would start that. to answer your question if it's in reference to how uh, Hispanic people are perceived themselves. Because how they perceive themselves might be, in fact, tied to previous attempts... Uh, at um, defying Anglo-American society and having it be beaten down, so uh, that's mm. that's where I would start. But Wikipedia is a poor place to start, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean the the assimilation thing is. <clears throat> I mean that's the same the same problem why you remain an intractable cultural problems with like. Israel and Palestine or say indigenous people in Canada or black people in America is that to some degree the way the the quickest path to uh, a lot of your problems is through mm. assimilation but that is death so you know <laughs> you can't <laughs> it's it's this castra- it's this like enticing thing you know to make all your problems go away just play by the rules of the dominant class. Mm. Just do it. That's all you need to do. And even if you do that, too, it still can turn out shitty for you. But, you know, you still have in your head that light. You can always just stop resisting and just become Carlton. Is Carlton <laughs> that bad? Is he that but, bad? I mean, there was even a Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which was like where Carlton is like uh, gets racially profiled, and so you know that's the other uh, the the whole black neoliberalism, the whole shtick of black neoliberalism. What Jay Z articulates in the story of OJ uh, in lyrics that I can't say 
but basically yeah, saying do a Bill that um, <laughs> it's all right. I fuck a oh lot of God. black women. He's it's the okay. worst. I say it to them oh while God. having sex. No, no. Filmar is real no. life Squidward. Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Who's who would be a good SpongeBob for Filmar? Um, <laughs> Pete Holmes. Is Pete Holmes bad? People seem to talk a lot of smack about Pete Holmes. His girlfriends all do smack, I, th- I believe. I, isn't that true? There you go. What? Pete Holmes' yeah, girlfriends do I'm pretty smack? Sure. I'm pretty sure. What? Pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. That's what? totally That's totally not. I, I can't be sued for that. He's not liable. That's totally true. Like he, oh, very yeah. true. Fuck it. <laughs> Did you hear that Pete Holmes' girlfriend does smack? <laughs> Jim Carrey's girlfriend did drugs and then Ooh. died from Ooh. those drugs. Ooh. Robin Williams. Ooh. 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 Jim Carrey's girlfriend. Oh. Ho, ho. Doing an overdose. Turning blue. Oh, she's the blue meanie. She makes Jim Carrey very sad. Ho, ho. <laughs> Uh, you know, I was watching, speak, speaking of classic yeah. comedy, I was watching mm-hmm. Life of Brian, uh, and it, uh, it's very relevant to today, or, it, like, it's very interesting to see how some jokes land back then, and some jokes land to, uh, today, uh, compared to today, because, um, a lot of, uh, like, a third of the movie is dedicated to how stupid 60s mm-hmm, student yeah. movies were. How sixties, uh, how stupid socialist uh, uh, student movements of the sixties were, and um, how bizarre they were, and how like these PC cucks had gone yeah. too far humor. Like one of the main jokes in it is um, Eric Idle plays initially but then he Stan, becomes a woman, and yeah. he becomes Loretta. And then at first, John Cleese is like, you can't have babies. You can't do that. But then in later scenes, they just accept it. And, and she's just Loretta now. And it's weird how that's like seen as a funny joke. But that's just, nope, that's <laughs> opinion changed on that. Um, but they don't sort of like in in Life of Brian, Stan says, you know, he wants to biologically become a woman, which I think. One evinces the fact that they didn't really have an understanding of trans people back in the day, no, which that's is fine. Only recently developed because, yeah. But uh, yeah, so you can't really fault him on that. But it's it's just weird how that's seen as an example of the Stan Loretta dichotomy is seen as an example of the excesses uh, and breakdown of leftist culture, you know, and how it's since become no, that is that is mainstream you know, left-wing, you know, student activist. I think Zoomer John culture. Cleese has become a it bit is, of a bit of a pariah politically uh, on the left. Yeah, he's he's an old cranky, he was a Brexiteer, oh, really? you know, what do you want? Oh man. Yeah, well, I love, of course he was. He's an old cranky weirdo. Brexit, yeah, so. I love John, John Cleese was always conservative though. And you know, the a uh, life of Brian is pretty conservative because you could even say it's pro-colonial in its takes <laughs> where yeah. um because another of the famous takes is like, oh, what have the Romans ever done for us? Except for irrigation, Rose. hospitals, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, don't forget the wine. Yeah, the wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that shit is... It's very funny, but it's almost like... Unfortunately, if you think about it a little, the politics are sort of monstrous. 
where it's like, ah, we're called these people uh, uh, civilize these savages, which is why it's okay for them to brutalize them. And but then, you know, weirdly, you know, three scenes later, they just show them killing is Israelites without uh, without trials and just, you know, j- uh, just put a stacking the uh, crucifying them constantly. So is it that good? You know, it, what is the point of this scene? What is the political motivation? And the political motivation is there's not really one. They're just trying to be funny. Well, colonialism you know? is basically just here. No, you don't. You guys don't know the right way to be bar- barbaric to each other. Let me take over and show you. <laughs> It's barbaric it's, with more yeah, columns. Bar- it's just a different form of barbarism that's, that takes a little longer, maybe has a little bit more weird Caligula sex stuff, and it's the same result, which is, uh, you know, the rise and fall of civilizations will, it's a natural process that will occur. Yeah. I feel like all the very naturally peaceful civilizations kind of may have gotten immediately yeah. wiped out. I'm not sure there were any. Wasn't that a thing, like neanderthals tacked more towards peace or was it the there's no way to know there's what, no what's way to the know. old there's yeah. plenty of weirdo genetic race science people who like to make claims about neanderthals like well actually i'm <laughs> my race is related to the neanderthals who were telepathic and peace loving and had blue eyes and and they were smarter and faster and better at hunting and sexier <laughs> Sexy Neanderthal, big like, dick okay, Neanderthal. Great. The, what we actually know about Neanderthals is minuscule, except for yeah, the big ass. We dicks. knew they had the big dicks because uh, of uh, well, the drawings in the caves. There was one stick man, yeah, with the the word N written above him, and it had a big penis. <laughs> oh man. Neanderthals, we love you. We love you. Shout out to Neanderthals. My favorite boys. Neanderthal take was that they were telepathic. Yeah, I don't know what? if you've seen that. That's yeah, a and take? It's just that's like, an actual that's take? How, that's why I'm a, uh, I'm a medium, and I have proven Neanderthal ancestry, and that's why my tarot readings cost $19.99 as opposed to $15.99. Because mm-hmm. my Neanderthal blood... Yeah, I mean, I get the appeal of that, the idea of having the blood of a lost group of ancients. I think that's why, you know, white people love the idea of having Native American ancestry. It's like, these people existed in the past, and they were magical and wise and had touch with nature. And Native people are like, we're still here. We still exist. It's a way of establishing... we all like Def Leppard for some reason. Your ownership of the land in a in a more like in a really weird way to justify us being here. Yeah, but you know. Yeah, it's sort of Lockean in a way. If you intermingle, you mix your labor with the land. That's the old Lockean sentiment, which I always thought was very sexual. We always said it's like bust a nut in the land, dig a hole. Bust yeah. a nut in it. Yeah. There, it's your land. I've claimed it. I hoped uh, one of the astronauts on the moon jerked off and <laughs> buried his semen <laughs> on the moon. <laughs> oh no! Exposing my penis to the vacuum of space was Buzz. a terrible idea. Buzz, it's get your so dick cold. Back in your spacesuit. God damn it, Buzz! No, I'm no, coming Neil, on the moon. I'm gonna come on the moon. <laughs> it's my right as an American. 
We got here first. It's gonna have my come no, on. I want to put my come on the moon. Mm. Oh man. <laughs> come in on the moon. Fly me to the moon so I can come on Fra- the moon. That old Frank Sinatra <laughs> tune. <laughs> that old Frank Sinatra tune about coming on the moon. Uh, old Jew eyes, they call them. Frank Sinatra was secretly Jewish. His his original name was Sinatra. I guess that makes how <laughs> disappointing for Ronan Farrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ha ha. Oh my god. You end up either way. See, that was my other thing that I was thinking about, is that uh, the person that we know is Woody Allen has actually been Ruth Bader Ginsburg since 19... And it's Ruth Bader Ginsburg who's the pederast. And Woody Allen just Ooh, died, actually. Well. <laughs> no, but it's the Ruth Bader... The Ruth Bader Ginsburg that we love is actually Woody Allen, and they switched places in 1983 because <laughs> Woody Allen was getting bored. of making movies i think maybe we should workshop that a little bit uh (laughs) no no don't edit it out i don't i'm gonna leave it it out it's in there people must know what i I think i edit out is um if uh, one of us makes a mistake of uttering a slur or uh, or Mm -hmm. other loud noises such as stomping around Mm. uh, anytime anytime i'm physically abused uh, I try to edit that out. <laughs> Anytime the yeah. cattle prod gets affixed to you. Oh, man. Oh, my God. So, so uh, old yes. Ruthie. Sorry, Ruthie. Sorry for making jokes at your expense. People get very upset. These opinions are my own. Right. They're well, my own. Know, hey, what can you say? She should have retired when she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in 2009. But... You don't have to. You don't hey. Yeah. You're you got autonomy and you don't have to do what other people say. And maybe she she was not like super super liberal. She was pretty conservative on some things. Maybe she wanted to have Trump replace her. Oh wait, she said she didn't. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. damn. I don't know. But maybe that was it. Maybe that was a psyop. You know, she's riding elephants with Antonin Scalia. Right. She's she's all in there. They all have the same class interests. It's all, it's all the same. It's all the I same. I just hope rich people continue to tell us all what to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> mm, yes, discipline me, daddy. Shower me with money. Uh, Ruth Bader. I mean, I guess that's also what was inspiring about her story is because she was she did come from dirt poor beginnings. And basically worked her way up as a single Not, mother. She wasn't at, what single. was it, Yale or she something? She had a husband. Like yeah, he was oh, just also husband, in law school. Good for her. But then he got cancer. Yeah. And then and then um, wow. she had to like help take care of him when he had cancer and help him with law school and do her own law school and take care of kids. So it was she was kind she was operating oh, like go. a single mother, but he didn't he didn't die, he was okay. Um but yeah, okay, that's in good. terms of what good she was influential Ruthie. on doing, I mean she was very influential on uh, Getting rid of gender discrimination in the military. Yes, que. Yes. Bomb them Arabs. Que. Que. Drone strike them down. Get raped in a shower in the military. Now, que. Yeah. Get raped by your male now soldier compatriots. Other men being raped in the military. That's good. 
Nah, now I'm women sorry, are I'm being sorry, wrapped I'm sorry, in the I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 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 Wait, who are you apologizing Our to? Military, military listeners. listeners? I'm, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Let's see what else. She she wrote a lot of fiery dissents. She uh, fiery like, uh, dissents. That's what I call my poops after I've eaten she, Taco uh, Bell. I think that a fiery dissent for the Hobby Lobby uh, ruling where. The government said that Hobby Lobby doesn't now, have fu- to... So, fuck dissent. What fiery dissents? You mean ineffectual... No, I guess dissents are important dicta that people use to justify later opinions. She had a, they are important. She had a fiery, I'm being glib. She had a I'm fiery dissent in Bush v. Gore where uh, the Supreme Court decided who, who, uh, who was going to be the president. A lot of fucking good it did. A lot of fucking good it did in Bush v. Gore. Oh, you had a fiery dissent. <laughs> You know, maybe if I have a strident opinion, I'll just start being in an Australian accent. It seems to, if you have a dumb opinion, you can make it sound slightly more convincing if you are <laughs> a drug Australian. Yeah, she had a fiery dissent uh, where they uh, invalidated the Voting Rights Act. There's another fiery dissent. Okay. What well, good that did? Another um, dissent? <laughs> now that, so what I'm hearing is she wasn't a winner. What I'm hearing is she was a really well, sore the, loser. The That's court has I- <laughs> been conservative, I think, almost the whole time she was on it. So, Yeah. It's really crazy how conservative the court got in the 80s and then basically just never recovered. Well, who did Clinton appoint? I think Clinton appointed some real stinkers. Clinton appointed Clarence Thomas. Did, yeah, he... What? Uh, yeah, Clinton yeah, appointed some Thomas real was stinkers. was Clinton appointee. Yeah. Um, but Clinton, he did uh, no who wait. Else? No, there Clinton was another one. Did, did not appoint Clarence Thomas. Was yes. Thomas H W? Okay, Clinton Thomas appointed was H. W. Ginsburg and Breyer. So Breyer, and Breyer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So those are I two think goods. It's so conservative. I think I think Ray, uh, Reagan had a bunch. Reagan had Kennedy and Sandra Day. No, Kennedy was before. Sandra Day. Yeah. Uh, um, and I think Rehnquist <sighs> and Scalia. Yeah, Scalia. Rehnquist. Rehnquist. Yeah. Oh, that's, man, that's, a, so that's how Reagan and is how the court got that Thomas conservative. was H.W. Yeah, so, man, the, just, if you have 12 years of power as a Republican, you can do so much fucking damage. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Because you know how rare that is to just have 12, year, 12 straight years of power as a party? Like, I guess not since Roosevelt. And Roosevelt was so good that they had to cut the term limits dick off. I don't know why I'm using the dick. As, I shouldn't have used a dick analogy there. That was frivolous. It's an important, it's an important appendage. It's the it's only way we know so far to make more of us. <laughs> it's the only way that I can it's judge wind direction. It's the only technology direction. we have. To make more of us. <laughs> it's the dick. Penis technology. Elon. Yeah. What if I told you, what if something could fit in your pocket and then expand to fit in a small baggie? <laughs> <laughs> what if so, expand to fit in a pickling jar? <laughs> mm, pickled dick. I call uh, this meal pickled dick. What would pickled, pickled dick be dick. as a meal? Yeah. Pickled dick? Yeah, what would it be? As a meal? What, 
I mean, they have pickled animal penises in cuisine. No, that's not like no, they don't. that's not. No, a, they don't. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. Absolutely, no, they, they do. No, one hundred percent, they do. What five thousand percent? No way. One hundred percent. Yes. Prove it. Prove pickled it. No animal way. penises. Okay, do it. I'll prove it. Okay, do it. I'll, I'll, I'll prove it. you. I double dare you. I'll prove it. I'm pickling an animal penis. I'll cut my dog's dick <sighs> off right now. Pickle it. No, Diego, do not do it. No. What? No, it's no, already it's useless. useless. You could pleasure him. <laughs> I don't. I'm not fucking my dog. To. I told you. If I told you once, I told Dude, you a John thousand Malcolm. times. I'm not fucking, fucking my dog. dog okay. To John Mal. <laughs> if I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times. I'm not fucking my dog. Okay. No. Ma- no amount of money that you could give me. John Malkovich. What about would a nice sufficient. silk robe? I a nice assure silk robe, John. you. What about a nice sir, silk robe? Would that convince you, John? This has a very nice texture, but no, I cannot be convinced to fuck my dog. <laughs> I have too much. I, John Malkovich, the actor, have too much integrity. <laughs> He's a funny guy. I can see why they made yeah. the movie about him. Um. As I think more about that um, Charlie Kaufman movie, I stopped thinking about more. it. I liked our episode because <laughs> I just I didn't have to think about we we got all the thoughts out. I didn't have to think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't mm-hmm. watched anything since. I sh- I want to check out the Social Dilemma. The Social, the social dilemma. dilemma. It's about What's how social media about? is bad, yo. It's about how it makes yeah. us dumb in the brain. What? Yeah, makes what? it have. A- how else are we supr- Suppros- supposed to promote how supposed our podcast? How are we supposed to do the, uh, how to, to to do the friends <gasps> if I don't... How can I be I funny with my friends if I don't have little uh, little de- media device? I'm starting to cry thinking about not having it. Uh, the movie which I will watch is Lost nice. Highway. I haven't seen that. They have all the lynches on it? Netflix for some reason. No, I, I've seen it, but mm. it's been a while, and mm. I want to go back. I must go epic back. Epic saxophone. Kate, we have to go back to the island. Some epic saxophone moments in that movie, I think, right? <laughs> yes, funny. you are correct. Lost Highway, Careless Whisper. A lot of Bowie. Uh, a lot of Bowie <laughs> Baker music. Street. A lot of Trent Rez. A lot oh, of Marilyn really? Manson. <sighs> yeah. I think Marilyn Manson has mm. a new album. Maybe you should do an album review of how terrible it is. <laughs> Uh, what is an album? Yeah, if we were to do an album review of new music, uh, <laughs> Manson oh would yeah, be he funny. Does. What about he, Trapped? People like Trapped. Apparently, the uh, uh, the new hot guy is Playboy Cardi. Is he? Is hasn't he been the hot guy for a while? I only follow Cardi B okay, well, and Cardi Megan B's Thee Stallion. Different. Playboy Cardi is like a, uh, he's some sort of Yeah, rapper. he's not, I mean, he's a young guy. He's born in 1996. He's, he, like, he three years 9/11. ago was his first breakout hit, so he's recent. Yeah, no, he's the new guy. Yes, he's the new guy. But, Look uh, up Playboy Cardi. Yeah, but shit, like, moves quick in the fucking hip-hop industry. Like, three years, like, no, you're already still, an old man, you know. He's still it, I think. I think. He's still the guy. I thought Travis Scott was the guy. Is that? I thought he was a McDonald's meal. He is a McDonald's meal, but he's also the guy. He's also a Fortnite, and he's also sicko mode. I thought that was the drummer from Blink-182. 
<laughs> no, that is Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> <laughs>